Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Navigation system. Please say a command. On. Ignition. Powered. Seatbelts. Fastened. Shift. Drive. Twin City sports fans, hold on tight. Live from the TCL Broadcast Studios, this is The Ride with Royce. Yeah, we uh, found out uh, today, a couple hours ago, I guess, Ralph John Fritz, uh, the longtime WCCO uh, sports anchor, uh, first of all, he was the right-hand man to uh, uh, Hal Scott over there. Uh, and then uh, he uh, ended up, he was the sports director for a while. But I, he didn't like that part about it because he liked the outdoors. He liked all that. So he turned it over to Rosie, and Rosie became his boss, and he became the the uh, backup at uh, at Channel 4. But uh, Ralph John is, uh, was always a... Uh, a terrific guy, always in a good mood whenever I ran into him, and uh, and uh, very popular with the athletes. He just he didn't have any enemies, which is uh, kind of hard to imagine in this uh, in the media business. But uh, uh, Ralph has been battling cancer for almost three years. Uh, originally, I I did a piece on him in January. I went out to see him. I was down in Fort Myers, and he lives down there. Uh, uh, most of the year, although he did come back and spend time at, at a lake in the in the winter in the summer, but uh, Ralph uh, uh, had been battling cancer for a couple of years. Originally diagnosed, they thought it was pancreatic, and uh, that of course is a, generally a death sentence. And then he uh, then they said decided it was liver. And uh, he ended up, uh, they also told him that it was really serious and he, he should probably start making his plans. And uh, then, uh, but he may, he lasted well over two years and he was still doing good uh, when I saw him in January. I had heard uh, later on this summer, early in the fall, that, uh, that he, was, uh, he was in a battle with it again. And uh, he uh, died today uh, and age 78, Sleepy Eye, Minnesota. And a really, really good fellow. Can I share with you just a quick 15-second clip uh, Mm -hmm. that was posted by uh, WCCO-TV, put this up, and then Chris Schaefer, a friend of mine, put it on his Facebook page. And I don't know if you remember this promo, but back when they were trying, you know, these wacky stations, they do various promos, and Ralph John dressed up as his mother to to do the preview of of, uh, one of their promos here. Ralphie, if I've told you once, I've told you a million times, quit playing with those logs. It's time to eat. A kid at heart. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the, Fantastic. Uh, he the, was a great guy. The photo 
that they ran with my column when I uh, wrote it in uh, January at the Strip was he and Rosie uh, working at Met Stadium as vendors. They, oh, uh, well, they, they were in the North Star they, shirts. They had, right? Was it was it Met Center or Met Stadium? Because I, I think I, I remember the North. Oh, maybe, maybe I'll look it up. Was Met but I think you're. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I remember and, uh, that though. It was. Uh, they were uh, doing. They did the vendors' job, and they were. Uh, they were. Uh, uh, I remember him <laughs> telling me, "Yeah, some newsman, news director thought it'd be a good idea if they did a bunch of the jobs around the ballpark oh, or around the great. hockey arena or something." But. Uh, uh, I bet they sold a lot of beer, don't you think? If they saw RJ and Rosie out oh, there in the vendor costumes, I wonder if they were. I wonder if that was beer. It looked like beer. I'm not sure what they were selling, but uh, anyway, Ralph John Fritz and uh, my sympathy goes out to his family, Deb, and uh, his children, and uh, Rosie for sure. Mark Rosen and him were uh, really, really tight. And Mike Max, too. Uh, I saw Maxie today, and uh, Maxie didn't say anything to me. I saw him out at Winter Park. Uh, but then I found out about an hour later, and I guess he already knew, but uh, was not uh, talking about it yet because the family uh, wanted to uh, release it uh, uh, later in the afternoon as they made sure everybody was aware of it. Uh, Ralph John Fritz uh, has uh, died now, at age 78. Forgive me if you mentioned this because I was trying to listen to something in queue when you were when you started this segment, but how long ago did he retire? How many years well, has it been? About oh, five or six. Okay. Uh, he they bought a place in Florida in 03, and he's kind of semi-retired in 05 or 06, but he did that outdoor show uh, yes. out and about. Yep. And yep. one time, he came down to Folda with me. No. Yeah, and we, we did an out and about in Folda, Minnesota. I don't know how he decided that was it. But okay. We went down. We met my cousin, Eddie. Uh, who's no longer with us, but Cousin Eddie was a, a bit of a character. Okay. And uh, Eddie showed up to be on TV and had, like, mustard on his shirt and stuff <laughs> like, you know, like folded. And then we went down to the community park where they had the cannon, which they would shoot off once a year. Yep. And then uh, I guess we went out to our, our old hunting slough, which we hadn't, but we uh, we hung around and in uh, folded and, uh, and uh, he just, he'd do those little, like, that half-hour show, and there'd be about three different mm -hmm. stories that he'd do. But uh, they worked hard on that thing. They traveled all over central, all over Minnesota, western Wisconsin. And I remember that that was at the tail end of his of his career, right? The the, well, the outdoor he was show. Started doing it, and and kept doing even after he was officially retired. He kept doing the outdoor. So that obviously thing. was a passion project oh, of his. He, yeah, yeah. He, he loved the outdoors and uh, you know hunting, fishing, especially a big fisherman. So. Uh, he was, uh, you know, he he was into that. It was not, you know, a lot of uh, small town, outstate Minnesota boys, and he would have grown up the same time I did, when the pheasants were like chickens down in that part oh, of Minnesota, yeah. and you know, lots lots of ducks, lots of pheasants, uh, you know, lots of fish, <laughs> and uh, the resources were abundant back then when he grew up, and that's how he got into it. So sleepy sure. eye to folder, that can't be that long of a drive. They were in the same conference. Yeah. They were in the mighty seven star. It was probably an hour and 10 or 20 minutes, maybe, but they mm -hmm. were in the same conference, yeah. And did you guys cross paths before you began working in the Twin Cities at all? No. No, I mean, he, I moved out. Of, Ralph was uh, five or six years older than me, so. Okay. Uh, now, Ralph and Augie would have been the same age and probably competed each other. Oh, I bet. Field and Sleepy Eye. Now, although I think Ralph played at St. Mary's, the little Catholic school in Sleepy Eye, 
So uh, they they might not have played the heathens uh, from uh, Springfield <laughs> High. I don't know. Uh, we don't mingle with those kind. That was back in the day. But I, th I think he played at St. Mary's. I'm not 100% sure, but I think that that is the case. But uh, Ralph, uh, good people for sure. And, uh, uh, and it's, uh, you know, sad day in, uh, in the Twin Cities for a lot of people who uh, knew him. And, uh, of course, one other announcement uh, we're making here today, a little more upbeat announcement, with Senator Franken about to resign tomorrow. Mm -hmm. I have thrown my hat in the ring. Yes, you have. To be appointed. And I was just thinking what a boondoggle this could be. I could stay with my sister-in-law. Oh, in nice D.C., yes. In Arlington. E extra bedroom. There's your platform. Extra bedroom. You're saving the taxpayer no, money. I'm going to collect no, the per diem and oh, yeah, my pocket. Go. Yeah, that's that a boy. I kind of I'll figured. make some money. That's why I'm voting for you. <laughs> and then I got my uh, my the lieutenant colonels out there. Sure. He's uh, you know if 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 my sister-in-law happens to have guests, I can go uh, stay at the lieutenant colonel's place too. So Military man, and could, yes, uh, we'll fight for you. He's got a couple more years left at the Pentagon. <laughs> yeah. That could be my campaign. I know some guys in the military. <laughs> you know, I might have been hiding during Vietnam, right. but I know some guys in the I um, know brave people. <laughs> yes. I am not I one of them. I could never figure out what was wrong with them, but oh I'm, I know brave, brave I people. I love it. I think yeah, you should. I think, yeah. I, I think I'm the guy, man. Uh, you know? And uh, our theory on smoking? Smoke them if you got them. Yeah, that's right. Uh, all right, we uh, shall return. Mark Wicker, uh, we who I had uh, lined up to uh, be on today to talk about uh, uh, things happening out in L.A. before we knew about the fires. So that will be topic A uh, when we uh, talk to Wick when we get back. Mark Wicker, L.A. Daily News a Newspaper Group. Well, Wick, uh, when I contacted you yesterday, I had no idea that uh, it would be an inferno out there. What's going on, sir? Yeah, the pictures of this morning, those before dawn, uh, people driving past UCLA and, and up through that area are amazing. It's like you're driving into hell. I mean, uh, I happened to be you know, really on that on that stretch of 405 yesterday. And it was smoky and dark and all that, but it's uh, it was it, it really flamed up this morning. And there's houses in Bel Air that are in uh, in danger, and UCLA is uh, is out. They canceled their basketball game. The Rams canceled their practice, um, and four or five was closed, which is like a oh, it's like a death blow to all the traffic in the area. I cannot imagine and, what traffic is doing. Well, uh, if you have an app, this is this is when you have to have an app. You have to have that Waze app or that GPS or something. You get you got to get around it somehow. And, and I highly recommend those because in this city, um, since I started using Waze, I've seen parts of LA I never knew existed because of it. there are a lot of Plan B, Cs, and Ds to get away from it. But you got to know what they are. It's up by the Getty Museum and all that stuff, huh? I mean, it's uh... yeah, it's right there. It's it is right there. I mean, it is. Uh, you know, they're they're uh, concerned if the wind switches back tonight, what's going to happen to a lot of those houses? And uh, you know, Jerry West has got a big house yeah. there, and, and Bel Air, and uh, all that stuff. I mean, it's a lot of 
lot of recognizable things in that area and a whole lot of money. I, I imagine all states going to be showing out quite a bit when it's all over. I went uh, I went to see Dave Winfield once out there, and I think that's where mm-hmm. Winnie's house used to be. I'm not sure if it's still up in there, but yeah. uh, man, alive. So uh, anyway, uh, on uh, other matters, uh, how, uh, you were at the Ducks game last night, but uh, those Kings are uh, quite a good-looking hockey team right now. Yeah, I, w- I didn't go to that uh, that game, but I, uh, in fact, I was watching the Ducks on TV lose it to Vegas. But uh, the Kings are, uh, you know, they, they got off to a great start, and then they started fading, and then uh, all of a sudden they're winning again. I think all their, you know, that hockey phrase about your best players have to be your best players, which sounds, you know, kind of circular, mm-hmm. but what they're saying is your stars have to play like stars all the time, and, and their stars are playing like stars again. And, I, you know, I think, um, you know, Daryl Sutter won two cups there, but I think he, he wore on them a little bit. His style wore them on, on them a little bit, and they're uh, they're encouraged to jump up in the rush and play a little more wide open now. But really what's difference between this year and last year is Jonathan Quick is healthy. He missed the whole year last year, and he's about as good as there is. And Ga- our old pal Gabby, who I hardly <laughs> knew was still in the league, gets two goals last night, puts him at 400 for his career. Uh, they got him out there to help him win a cup. That happened. Uh, but uh, what uh, has he got anything left? Well, you know, he's, as you know, he's got the fresh legs because he's been out for a while. You've been yeah. through that. But, he's uh, always yeah. Hurt, yeah. That's 400 goals and about 400 games missed, I think, in his career. <laughs> in fact, uh, I don't know if this is a coincidence or not, but his parking place uh, used to be, uh, at their practice facility, it used to be uh, in a handicapped uh, place. <laughs> <laughs> they had the little guy in the wheelchair in the parking place where his parking place was. I don't know if that was somebody's idea of a joke or not. But, uh, yeah, he, uh, he's, he's helping when he's come back and uh, – yeah, but Kopitar and, and Dustin Brown has, has had his best year in about three or four years, and Drew Doughty, uh, their best players are playing very well, and they've worked in some young guys, and and everything's going well. You know how the league is. There's a, such a fine line between winning and losing, and, and they've been on the right side of the line so far. So is LeVar Ball a uh, national phenomenon, or does, does the L.A. media cover this idiot, too? Oh, he's, oh yeah, yeah, we cover him. Sure. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the Lakers, uh, as you probably saw, you know, he'd been holding court after mm-hmm. games talking yeah. about the terrible things they were doing to Lonzo. And, mm-hmm. and so the Lakers have banned the media from that part of the court after games now. Oh, really? They call it the, call it the LeVar Ball rule because <laughs> they don't want anybody uh, talking to him. But it doesn't mean LeVar is unavailable. He's very available <laughs> whenever you want to talk to him. Yeah. Um, you know, LeVar Ball is a guy who, who had uh, – I think for the most part, uh, had done a pretty good job raising his kids and, you know, they're good students. And until the incident in Shanghai, they were pretty good citizens. Um, but you know, he's a classic case of a guy who is caught up with his kids. And, and the first time he ever saw himself quoted or heard himself oh. on a video, he went nuts. He said, <laughs> this is all I want to do from now on. You yeah. know? It, it was like the greatest experience of his life. And unfortunately everybody has listened to him and, if he's gotten more outrageous, I mean, when the president is tweeting about you, I mean, that's kind of like winning a grand slam for LeVar Ball. So that's right. Um, I think he will he will pass. He will be kind of like Tiny Tim and a lot of other fads that we've had to endure through the years. And when the three kids are gone, you know, I don't think you're going to hear from him anymore. And and you know, he's he's talked about the youngest one not even going to college. And the middle one, who isn't as good a player as the other two, will probably end up somewhere and. 
um, you know, I don't know if he's good enough for the aggravation. I don't think any coach is going to say, look, we need Jello ball so bad that we're yeah. going to have to have, we're going to have to put up with the bar ball second guessing us all the time. And, and, uh, the problem is Lonzo ball, like a lot of one and done players in the league is, is, is having this problem. Sure. And the Lakers haven't given up on him for, by any means, they still think he's going to be a good player, but now Lonzo is starting to agitate about the way he's being used, whatever that means. And so he's going to run into, you know, Luke Walton and Matthew Johnson. And, and you know, if he doesn't shut up and just let them, you know, coach and, and run the team, then that, that's going to be a distraction that they hardly need since they've already lost 15 of their first 23 games. Yeah, and uh, this the middle kid is the uh, is the uh, sort of uh, I would call it mediocre, but certainly mediocre as far as NBA uh, prospects are concerned. Of less than that, but he he was quoted the other day as saying, "But the youngest one is still going to go to UCLA." But then, of course, he's quoted as saying he's not going to go to college at all. So who knows what he's talking about? But it is amazing. Well, I think Steve Offord, as long as his house is not burning up, is probably very happy today because he's uh, he's he's through with this middle ball who was not going to be a one and done, and might not have started for UCLA. Yeah. And the middle one, I mean, the younger one is is a very precocious player, but who knows if he's just grown up quicker than everybody else or not? And it's UCLA; they always have good players. They're always going to get good players, and they will live they will live happily ever ever after without him, you know, and, and then he, then offer can say, look, I got a great year out of Lonzo and now they're out of my life. Uh, I think he's going to be pretty happy with the way it turns out. So uh, you got the NFL uh, back in full swing, uh, two teams and the, uh, the Rams, of course, are uh, look like a contender, although they didn't do much up against the Vikings a couple of weeks ago. But the Chargers playing over there in their dinky little stadium, they could end up winning the West because they can tackle you at least. Yeah, um, you know, we had 20, 24 great years here. <laughs> um, I guess we're paying for it now with these two teams. But, uh, yeah, the Chargers have the tiebreakers so far on the other two teams, although uh, they have to go to Kansas City, and then the Raiders are here on New Year's Eve. You can imagine how much fun that's going to be with Raider fans oh, yeah. on New Year's Eve. But, uh, uh, yeah, I mean, they're, uh, they've got a great fast rush with Bosa and Ingram, and uh, – you know, they should have won a bunch of games early in the season. They lost a couple of games on field goals, and then they totally messed up a game in Jacksonville. And You know, Phillip Rivers can still play. He looked awful early in the season, but he's had some big games. And, and Keenan Allen has been, you know, the last four weeks, he's been as good as anybody in the league. So they're, uh, they certainly have uh, reborn, and, and uh, I think they're, uh, they've got a lot of momentum. I think you have to give the coach, Anthony Lynn, a lot of credit for kind of not panicking and sticking with it and, and going ahead and seeing it through, and, and they're continuing to play for him. Uh, UCLA fans excited about Chip Kelly, or is he uh, ran his oh. course on the West Coast? Oh, God, yes. Mm-hmm. This, is, this is the, the latest messiah. Uh, <laughs> you know, and uh, I, I, I'm i interested to see how he puts together his coaching staff. There's a couple of pretty good assistant coaches on that staff that he probably should keep, and I, I noticed he brought in a couple of his old Oregon guys who, who were a very good staff for him. So, uh, yeah, I mean, he was 46-7 and seven as a college coach. And, uh, you know, the NFL notwithstanding, I think he's uh, – you know, the only question I have is that he was so far ahead of the curve with the things he was yeah. doing, and now everybody else is doing those things. So now what's his next move? You know, what, what are they going to do that's going to set them apart? And 
lot of it's going to have to do with personnel too. But yeah, I think he's. Uh, I think they're very excited after what's happened. I mean, they haven't won a Pac-12 in 19 years. Really? They haven't. They haven't been to a Rose Bowl in 19 years. That's that's a long time for a program like that. Hey, uh, Wick, uh, the uh, the the college coach agents might be the most uh, insidious people in sports, getting all these guys to break their contracts after one year and move so they can get a they, they get another five percent hit. It's it's incredible what's going on. A guy like Willie Taggart says, "Yeah, you know." You're begging. It. I, I saw a note uh, today from John Canzano up there, who does mm-hmm. a great job uh, following Oregon. That that this will be uh, the fourth bowl game that Willie Taggart has uh, qualified for, and he's only coached in one of them. Yeah. Right. Well, maybe he just doesn't like coaching those bad bowl games. I don't know. Yeah. Right. <laughs> um, it is yeah, amazing. I mean, that... One and dones in uh, in college coaching, though. It's uh, incredible. Yeah, why is Florida State a better job than Oregon? I mean, I two know. years ago, two years ago, Oregon beat Florida State in the Rose Bowl, and I, I, and plus you're moving from Eugene to Tallahassee. That's not a that's not a real equal move as far as I'm concerned. But yeah, I mean, he's gone to South Florida, Oregon, and Florida State in three years. Todd Graham did the same thing and got mm-hmm. fired by Arizona State this year when he probably shouldn't have been. You know, they had a uh, they were they actually had a pretty good record at Arizona State, considering what everybody else has done there. So. Yeah, I mean the coaching uh, thing uh, is is uh, is ridiculous from both sides. I mean Nebraska is paying Bo Pelini and Mike Riley four million dollars through the first of next year, through, <laughs> through the first of twenty nineteen, and uh, you know Jim Moore got twelve million. I mean it's it's uh, it's amazing that they tie themselves up in these contracts and they they're so paranoid about recruiting and and facilities that they just spend far too much money on all this stuff and and. You know, the college football playoff hasn't made it any better because now if you're in a big school and you don't appear in that thing for, you know, once every three years or so, then you're judged to have been a failure. You know, top ten finishes aren't good enough anymore for people. I saw you point this out on Twitter that the Aggies have gone and gotten Jimbo because they want to win national championships and they won one as recently as 1939. That's right, two years before Pearl Harbor. The last <laughs> one. You know, and Jimbo was a guy who, uh, no, I don't know if you read the, the stories about that. I mean, the Florida State people finally got sick of yes. hearing him complain about facilities and this and that, and they finally said, look, fine, go ahead. And by the way, you're not going to coach this Independence Bowl that, you, that we're playing in because you went 6-6. Six and six. So, um, yeah, I mean, they've, they accommodated him beyond, uh, beyond any reason and uh, really, you know, accommodated. Remember Jameis Winston and that whole yeah. thing? I mean, that, that was a dark cloud on the whole school in order to accommodate him. So, um, yeah, I think uh, – I don't know what Willie Taggart's going to do there, but, you know, all the coaches are basically about the same. Jimbo just kind of pushed it a little bit. All right, and one last thing, Wick. Uh, Tiger Woods uh, looked like he was actually taking a swing at the ball down there in uh, in uh, the Bahamas. Uh, it didn't, didn't look like he was uh, holding back like he has his previous comebacks. No, and uh, he was out driving. He was driving right even with Justin Thomas, and so uh, I, I didn't hear any more about him saying the golf ball should be throttled back like he did a couple weeks ago. <laughs> uh, it was, it was, he was talking about how they ought to put limits on the ball because he wasn't, you know, just because it was for the good of the game, I guess. And now all of a sudden he's out there hitting at three thirty again. So um, you know, he played well in that thing last year too. Yep. So uh, I know everybody's excited, but uh, even if he's healthy, you know. 
the other thing that happened last week was Ricky Fowler shot a 61 yes. to win the tournament. I mean, when Tiger was dominating golf, nobody else, nobody was shooting 61s in the fourth round of tournaments that he was involved in. So, uh, you know, this this generation of players has its own resume, and and they're not intimidated by Tiger Woods. I think they respect him. But it's not going to be easy for him to come back, even if he is healthy. Uh, thanks, Wick. Uh, stay off the 405, sir. No, you don't have to tell me that twice. I can tell you that. <laughs> All right, Thank you. sir. Thank you. Uh, Mark Wicker, L.A. Daily News uh, newspaper group and uh, a great sports columnist in the L.A. area. We shall return. Running late here. We got a nervous traffic man. Here is Johnny Height with a sports update. Thank you, Patrick. This update sponsored by Aruba Tourism. Ready for an easy winter escape to sunny Aruba? Starting December 23rd, Delta has new nonstop Saturday service from MSP. Visit Delta.com to book your Aruba vacation today. Timberwolves in action tonight. They're out on the West Coast where they will play the L.A. Clippers. Everson Griffin and Harrison Smith still lead the NFC fan vote for Pro Bowl spots at their positions. Adam Thielen has fallen uh, into second place. He last week led at the wide receiver ballot, but now Julio Jones is number one. Who would you guys vote for? I don't don't know. How do we do that? Is it online? The fans only count for a percentage, right? Uh, They don't like. The players still vote, right? Yes. And coaches and everything. Roger Goodell has signed a five-year contract extension to remain the commissioner of the NFL. A uh, source saying that the new contract would be worth $200 million over the life of the contract, about $40 million annually if owners approve all of the bonuses and all of the incentives that are met. New deal runs through the 2023 season. The base salary of the new contract apparently, according to ESPN, is in the single-digit millions, but 85% of the total potential compensation packages from bonuses that the owners would have to approve. Six members of the NFL Compensation Committee, which had been granted permission to negotiate the extension, said it supported the signed contract in a letter to NFL uh, No quotes from Jerry Jones yet, I take it. Nothing huh? that I've okay. seen. He's kind of shut up lately. Now, one other NFL note. This one comes from Adam Schefter. Bengals safety George Iloka won his appeal. He will not really? be suspended for it, one Yeah, game. I agree with that. He wasn't the cheap shot artist. Already exceeding Major League Baseball recommendations, the Twins today announced the team will further extend the safety netting along target field foul lines. The team said in a press release it will raise the height of the existing netting from 7 to 9 feet and extend the netting beyond each dugout prior to next season. It will now reach up further up on each foul line to cover the entire dugout box seating areas. Twins also say the material will be crafted from state-of-the-art technology with thin strands and a knotless intersection so that uh, it doesn't cause viewing problems. Also, it'll be tinged with the color green in an effort to make it blend in. It was just like you were describing my underpants, John. That was beautiful. (laughs) And you know what? Uh, Who needs pitching? Who needs a starting pitcher when you got more safety net? When you got state of the art safety net, Mm -hmm. the hell with. Another starting pitch. That's right. That's right. <laughs> wow. Uh, there was a signing today. Uh, there hasn't been a lot going on in baseball. Yeah, no, nothing. Uh, the Rangers signed free agent pitcher Mike Miner. Uh, three years, $28 million, oh, really? apparently. I like what? him. Lefty, right? Yeah. He had a great year no, last year. All right, all right. He's, uh, he's actually had a pretty good career. Yeah, the winter meetings, I think, start uh, Saturday or Sunday. Every time I hear about that, my liver hurts, but that's okay. <laughs> Where are we having them this year? Uh, Orlando. Is it in Orlando yeah, this year? Yeah. 
Uh, Miner, yeah. 77.2 innings last year, a 2.55 ERA in 65 games. Now, he has the last couple of years relieved. Texas says they want him to go back to being a starter like he was with Atlanta. His first 111 appearances in the major leagues, 110 of them. They also say they're going to try to turn this Matt Bush into a starter, too. Really? The guy who throws 100 who spent some time in jail. Yeah, with all the tattoos. A lot of tattoos. He throws very hard. All right, Johnny, thank you. You bet. I made note after the Miami game that uh, I didn't until because McBrayer wasn't playing, mm-hmm. they had no bench. Yes. And Isaiah Washington had to play, and he took 17 shots, and that was not great. But they their bench scored zero. Their the, bench scored against zero. Miami, yes. Yes, that is accurate. Last night they got McBrayer back, but this basically makes them six deep. And Washington ended up making a late three to put his point total to five. And their bench got five points last night. Mm-hmm. So in the two losses for this Gopher basketball team, their bench has scored five points. And it was Isaiah who scored them last night. Uh, I do believe now they got Arkansas. That'll be a difficult game. Is it Sunday? Saturday. Saturday. I believe it's Saturday. At Arkansas. We get paying back Arkansas for visiting here last year. Mm-hmm. And uh, then... They got to have, what, uh, three or four cookies before they get back into I the Big thought Ten? thought that there's three more games before we go back to Big Ten play total, including the Arkansas right, So game. there's only two. I, th- I believe so. I so, believe so they got to be two cookies that they got left, right? Pull up two cupcakes that they got left. They He has got to, no matter what is going on, Coach Patino has got to play uh, these four guys, these four or five guys on his bench. Uh, fifteen minutes apiece. Mm-hmm. And who do they who do they have? After All right, so Arkansas? we go to Arkansas. Yes, and that's the ninth, which is Saturday. Yeah. Correct. Okay, yeah, that's Saturday. Then we host Drake University. Okay, Drake and Dave Thorson. Oh, that's right. Yeah, that's Dave right. Thorson. Uh, and you were correct. Uh, Oral Roberts. We take on the twenty first. Florida Atlantic. Coach Patino's old team mm-hmm. will come to Williams Arena on the twenty third. And then, oh, we have one more. Oh, my God. We have, four we have five more before Big Ten play. Really? That was way off. And then we host uh, hated Harvard at Williams okay. Arena well, on Harvard's the 30th. Harvard's not terrible with Tommy Amaker. So that's there's five more counting Arkansas. One, four two, three, four, five more before we take on Illinois. Yes. Okay. Well, it's not as easy as it has been. Drake uh, has had a couple of victories down there. They got the new coach. Uh with Thorson as the assistant, uh, Nico. Who was the Med- kid? Nedved or whatever his name is. Who was the kid recently we stole from Drake, the transfer? Uh, oh, the big uh, Why can't I think of his name? Played a lot of basketball Yeah, he did. For him. The, uh, like to shoot the three. Mm-hmm. Could grab you a rebound or two. Yeah, he worked hard. I can't um, remember what his name I can't was. remember either. No. Anyway. He, all you have to do is look at a box score but, from two years ago. But he was in it. Pat, I'll he tell was, you. Uh, he was a big part of the 8-23 and 23 team. Yes, he, he was. Yes, he was. But uh, they got to figure out. They got to play these guys uh, 12, 15 minutes a game. They got to get a... They got to get uh, 40, 50 minutes of basketball or 60 minutes of basketball into Hurt. Hurt's got to take a shot. That's the one thing he's supposed to be able to do. He doesn't, he never looks at the basket. Uh, Kanati, uh, Kanate, I can't believe the other guy, Jiju, isn't isn't better than him. Joey King. Joey King. I knew, yes. yeah, Joey, Joey King. We, we, 
We die for Joey King to come right off now. the bench I'll right, tell now? You right oh, yeah. now. We'd get down on our hands and knees and <laughs> pray to Joey King's statue if he came. Tell back. me he's got one more year <laughs> yes, left in right. him. <laughs> and uh, and uh, you know they got Washington. Okay, that's your sixth man, but they got a. They got to get some minutes out of these guys. Obviously, losing Curry really hurts them now. I never really looked at it. Well, this Fitzgerald kid, they kind of bragged him up this summer, and they thought mm -hmm. that, uh, you know, he's a, was a Duquesne he transferred I can't for, remember. and he sat out a year because he got hurt. And uh, uh, so far, he's done nothing. He's a guy you got to play him. 15, 20 minutes a game, once you're done, I can say, okay, go down and try to beat Arkansas. But then those next four games, they have to be dedicated to one thing, developing a bench. And the one thing I kept noticing last night, and I noticed it in the Miami game too, where they have a lot of individual talent on this team. There's no question mm -hmm. about that. But when it comes to running an offensive set, there's really no, it doesn't really look like there's a system in place. It's a lot of guys trying to make a play one-on-one -on -one at times, especially when they're behind. You notice that a lot. Well, they are not great shooters. Mason no. can Mason can get a hot. Curry can get hot. I like Curry a lot as Coffee a can make a shot. Uh, yeah, not Curry. I mean, coffee, that's what I meant. Not okay. Curry, excuse me. Curry's, Curry's not playing. Right. Uh, but, uh, you know, they... You're not going to grind it through the Big Ten with a six-player team because stuff's going to happen to you like happened last night. Murphy and Lynch are going to get called for fouls. Mm -hmm. There are fouls being committed at all times, and if you get an officiating crew that wants to call fouls, then then you got to have some depth. Especially when you're on the road you got to have in some the Big depth. Ten. Yeah. Yes, it's going to happen. Uh, and uh, there's uh, no depth right here, but you can't you can't worry about whether you're going to beat these teams by 25 points or 10 points, but you got to, uh, you know, you got to develop your bench because uh, they still have a chance to be very good, I think. I right? do too. Yeah. The Big Ten, to me, the only two teams in the Big Ten that are better than them are Michigan State and Purdue, maybe. Uh, but the Big Ten is pretty weak. And uh, now we're going to hear how balanced it is because Nebraska beat them. No, it's not. You know who's playing uh, pretty good all of a sudden, though, is Ohio State, which looked terrible early. Well, th who did they beat in the ACC Challenge? Um, I was, I was, yeah, I, I'm with you because I, they beat somebody decent. I forget who they and were they're, playing. Uh, they're off to a, there's four Big Ten teams that are 2-0 and and four that are 0-2, and, and then uh, however many is that leave in the middle are 1-1, uh, one and one. so... Uh, uh, six, there's six that are one. And a lot of the teams, I know. Ohio State's one of the two. Wisconsin and Iowa, and I think maybe Illinois, too. I mean, I think they're each starting, like, at least two, if not three freshmen. Yeah. I mean, they're all, a lot of those teams are going young this year. Uh, yeah. Well, anyway, that was a uh, that was a disappointment to go for. Fans. It was a stink fest is but what it was. It's not, uh, you know, it's not, it's not the end of the world, but you got to get yourself a bench, else... Uh, uh, she's not going to last long uh, when the in the even in the NCAA tournament. Your odds of getting through two rounds if you don't have any. No, match, you're going to be cooked. Good. Oh, absolutely. Uh, yeah. All right, we shall return this day in history. Quiet, please. We'll be on the air. And now, this day in history, Patrick, the Altamont Festival. 
was held at the Altamont Speedway in uh, 60 miles east of San Francisco. It was supposed to be the equivalent of Woodstock, which had happened four months earlier, okay. when hundreds of thousands of young people gathered peacefully uh, for uh, sex, drugs, and rock and roll, but nothing, uh, you know, nothing, not a lot of violence. And, and this was the idea of the Rolling Stones, the Altamont Festival, to end uh, their U.S. tour with, okay. a, with a big free yep, festival. Yeah, sure, absolutely. Uh, well, un- unfortunately, it wasn't very well organized as compared to Woodstock. They only decided two days before the concert where to hold it. So oh. they, uh, they decided on Thursday, December 4th, what the hell, we'll have it at the Altamont Speedway. And uh, they had quite the schedule. They had Santana, Jefferson Airplane, Crosby, Stills, Nash and Young, The Grateful Dead, all in support of the Stones. And uh, the promoters uh, lined up several dozen members of the Hells Angels as a security staff in in exchange for five hundred dollars worth of beer as a gratuity. <laughs> uh, it was dark by the time the concert's next to the last act. The Grateful Dead was scheduled to appear, but the Dead had left the venue entirely out of concern for safety when they learned that the Jefferson Airplane singer Marty Ballin had been knocked unconscious by one of the Helms Angels during a melee during the uh, performance. So the Grateful Dead was gone. So the Rolling Stones. Uh, got up there, and they were going to be the last act. And as they were playing under my thumb, 21-year-old Hell's Angel Alan Pissarro uh, stabbed a gun-wielding 18-year-old named Meredith Hunter to death just 20 feet from the stage. Holy cow. Uh, so uh, the Rolling Stones didn't know what was going on because it was so chaotic over there. They just kept performing and did their set. Uh, the killing of Meredith Hunter of Altamont was captured in the film Gimme, Gimme Shelter, uh, which you can see. Uh, but uh, Pissarro wound up getting acquitted on the grounds of self-defense. But uh, the uh, as great a success as Woodstock was uh, for peace and love and the times this had the of the 60, the Ultimate Fest- Festival showed, don't invite the Hells Angels to your rock concert. And who are the Things- smartest people in this equation the grateful dead you said yeah, they cited they said safety they concerns the, so they they, they took and their, they were right they took their reefer and went home <laughs> they uh, didn't want anything to do wow with i had thing. no idea that this happened holy cow altamont festival is famous for they kind of ended the 60s it, it ended the 60s hi this is chris howard host of plugged in with chris howard the college football playoff committee made their decision on Sunday, and as much as I loathe the idea of Ohio State losing their way into the college football playoff, I 100% agree with OSU making it in over Bama. Nick Saban citing some hypothetical point spreads to prove his point that the tie deserve a spot in the college football playoffs holds little substance when you consider Bama's best win is over Texas. No, the committee got it right. TCU had a great season with far more ranked wins than Bama and didn't deserve to lose their spot after playing a surging Kansas State in a championship game. And Ohio State, while not playing some of their best ball later in the season, was still 12-0 until they came face-to-face with my Wolverines. While the college football playoff system isn't nowhere near as good as it could be, it's better than what we had. And in a few years, it will be better for all of college football. Hi, this is Chris Howard, host of Plugged In with Chris Howard. Get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there. From football to basketball to soccer and esports, we've got it all at BetOnline.net. And if you love sports podcasts, you can find those at BetOnline as well. And don't forget, bet online for the NHL, MMA, boxing, and golf. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. Bet online where the game starts.